You're listening to David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. Now here's your hosts, David and Jeff. Hello everyone and welcome to David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. I'm David and with me as always is... Jeff. How are you doing today, Jeff? I am just fine and dandy. How are you today, David? I'm doing great. Really great episode of Survivor this past week. Uh, I don't think it's been a while since we've seen this uh, chaotic and uh, you know we're a hot mess, as uh, Natalie said, of a tribe. And with that many widespread votes, we're going to be talking about that all. But very interesting and uh, captivating episode, I thought. Absolutely loved it. So, we're going to be talking about the episode, our thoughts on it. We have a couple different topics that we'll talk about, but and we'll be playing a uh, game. We'll be doing a draft at the end of the show. We're going to start with our top ten list. Uh, this is where Jeff and I make a joint list. We each have our top tens, um, but we have to, we'll alternate giving the uh, the tens and the nine and eight and so forth. So, uh, you have to choose wisely where to put your... Uh, your uh, picks, because yours may not be on the list at all, depending on what the other person picks. So I think I picked the number one last time, Jeff, so I will let you pick the number one this time. Okay, that means you start with ten. I start with number ten. Um, there's a few on my list that are not a specific scenario, but are ones that have been continually repeated over the course of Survivor. Um, so I lumped them all together as one dumb move, if that makes sense. Fine. I think as long as I think as long as it was a move and not like Russell was a jerk to the jury, because I yeah, don't consider no. that a dumb move. I consider that bad play, but that's not a move. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. For all of mine, uh, all of mine, I tried to do moves that were had a, were at a move that was a strategic nature behind it. So for me, I and you may have it on the list, but I didn't put like Ian stepping down from the immunity challenge in Palau on my list because for me, that's uh-huh. not a strategic decision he's making. That's an emotional you know, intentional thing that he's doing that I don't consider a dumb strategic move, if that makes sense. Because his intention was not strategy behind it. So, with all that being said, my number 10 is taking the wrong people on a reward challenge. Ooh, good one. I didn't even think of putting that. Is there one specific reward challenge in which someone took the wrong people then it really affected their game? Yeah, I was I was going through the seasons trying to think of dumb moves, and this one came up somewhat frequently. Uh, someone that stood out to me is when uh, the final five of Pearl Islands, when Burton took fair play on the reward, and then the other three girls just conspired and voted them out, you know, or turned on Burton. Another one is in Palau with Greg, who took the wrong people and then annoyed Ian and uh, Tom to... to one of pull rocks. So uh, I think we see this quite often. People choose the wrong uh, people to uh, go on the reward challenge with them and it alienates the other people and then gets them voted out sooner rather than later. Yes, I I think that's a great number 10. Um, I hadn't considered doing kind of the... uh, 
the general move, I was thinking more specific moves, so I've actually just, just changed what I'm going to say for number nine. But before I do that, I do want to, um, do want to kind of just mention my sort of criteria. Um, I very much believe that a dumb move has to ha has to maximize well I also a smart move has to maximize the potential reward and mitigate the potential loss obviously right and like the, the biggest loss that can happen is obviously you get voted out or you know you get voted out later right so I try to think as like what's the best possible thing that could have happened in this situation and what's the worst possible thing and what were kind of the odds of those two things happening and so a lot of my thing because I think the very fine line between a strategic move and a dumb move is whether or not it works out for you. Yep. Right? There are a lot of strategic th things that we think of as like the best strategic move ever, which if it had gone the other direction would be the dumbest move ever, I think. So uh, that being said, that's kind of the criteria I used. I would say that my number nine, I actually have this as my number ten, but I'm fine with putting it at number nine. Uh, I would say saying no to an alliance. Someone approaches you for an alliance and you say no. Uh, I had this at number seven of Penner turning down uh, the alliance in Survivor Philippines. That's that's the best example I can think of. Because I, I again I, I could have tried to to do a general one on that one, but I couldn't think of very many others that blatantly turned an alliance down as Penner did. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. So yeah. So we can have Penner turning down the alliance and or turning down alliances in general. Right. Yeah, you should always say yes, of course, go with the flow. You don't want to say no, and then people aren't going to work with you, you know. Right. And, you know, I've heard his interview saying, you know, he, he thought he had a different relationship with them and wanted to be honest and, and whatnot, but not, not a smart move. No. All right, so number eight, I'm going to choose my number eight. Um, and this is one that I know a lot of people think is dumb, but going off of your criteria, the benefit could have been very big had it worked. So I'm going to go with the JT giving his immunity idol to Russell and Heroes versus Villains. I had that on my list as well. I actually added it at number four. But uh, I probably should have put it lower given my criteria. I've always thought saying that that's the dumbest move ever is not a, not correct. Yeah, I don't think it's the dumbest move ever. That's why it's on eight for my list. If it would have worked out, if Russell was actually on the outs, it would have been a major power move. He would maybe would have at least probably gotten very far in the game. Um, even without that, another thing I factor in my dumb moves is how immediate is the consequence um, and so we'll see in other ones you do it and immediately there's a consequence and you're voted out so uh, for me this is one that, that the consequence it wasn't quite as immediate but it still definitely had a, a big consequence in the end um, so the, that and the fact that if it would have worked out could have been a very great strategic move um, if if Russell wasn't who he was, you know, <laughs> um, right. you know, then then I think we would people would be applauding JT if there was a guy on the outs and he gave him the immunity idol, sort of like we saw Todd do in China, you know, 
where people are like, well, that's a really smart move. Uh, that's essentially what he did, except <laughs> except he had no idea who Russell was and who was in control of the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is much harder than your ally who just happens to be on the other side. Um, so that is why I put it at number eight. Yes. So I'm, I'm a little torn. My list, it's not as numeric. You know, I don't have it numbered as probably well as it should be. Um, I'm just kind of thinking here what is the seventh dumbest move in the history of Survivor. And I'm going to say... I'm going to say that the seventh dumbest move in the history of Survivor is... in All-Stars, Lex deciding to keep Amber and uh, kick out Jerry... That's another one, kind of like the JT one. Had it worked, had Boston Rob really had Lex's back, could have paid off well for him, uh, but obviously it didn't pan out quite like that. Yeah, this is uh, one of these moves that I would classify with some of the other ones that I count as quasi-strategic. And it's, it's a fine line because there's some strategy, but there's also a lot of emotions and... Uh, you know, loyalty and things like that in it. So I put this one on the same lines as, like, Brandon when he gave up his immunity idol and Wu taking Tony to the end. These ones where it's sort of strategy, but at the same time they're, like, they are genuinely have this friendship sort of a thing, and it makes it really blurry and not always that fun to watch. Right. But... but um, would you be okay lumping the other two with this? I guess is my question. The other two. Brandon giving his idol and Wu taking Tony. It's just plot, like emotional decisions. Yeah. Mixing sure. strategy and emotions. Sure. Okay. I actually had both of those things individually on my list, so that just makes gives me a better chance of having things that I had on my list. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I had those together. It was number nine for me. It's sort of like, part of me is like, I don't think Wu made that dumb a move because of what he was trying to do, you know, be show his, you know, he had this loyalty to the thing. But at the same time, if his main objective was to win, then he made a really dumb move. So it's sort of one of those, uh, you know, yeah, weird, weird thing. So, yeah, that's good. Number six. This is the last overall one I have, and then the rest are specific in instances. Uh, so my number six is not playing your hidden immunity idol, and then you get voted out. <laughs> That's a really general one. Yeah. Are there any specific ones that you think are dumber than others, or do you think that they are all the same level of stupidity? Uh, the one that I think is the absolute dumbest is James from China because he had two of them. Right. That makes it twice as dumb. <laughs> you know, <laughs> even if you got, even if you played one, you still have another one. So, um, and I thought about that making its own, but I just thought, you know, there's so many, there's just so many instances where people do it. And there's other ones like uh, Jason from Micronesia, which is another idiot. Like, how did he think he was safe? You know? Right. Um, and other ones, the people do a much better job at 
you know, making them feel comfortable and other things. But I was just going to put it overarching because I have five distinct moves that I think were just really dumb. <laughs> yeah. So. Now, here's my thing. I'm a paranoid survivor player that I could never go to tribal council and not play an my hidden immunity idol. It's and true. so I'd, I'd be known for playing my immunity idol far too early. That would be my dumb move. Yeah. Yeah, this one was specifically not playing it, and then you got voted out because you didn't. Right. Now here's my dilemma, David. Yes. With all of these kind of lumpings, I've uh, I've only got four things left on my list. Hmm. So and some of and two of them are eight and nine on my list. Oh. So some things are going to jump. I'm going to say there. I'm at five, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to say that the fifth dumbest move in the history of Survivor, and maybe this one is another overarching one, but we'll put kind of like we did with Penner, where there's one specific instance, but also extend it to others. Um, being far too honest with where people stand. So my specific instance is Alex in Amazon when he tells Rob Sesternino that he's going to vote him off at five. I think that that is being far too honest and uh, an incredibly dumb move. And there are obviously other instances. I would also lump in with that when you approach someone and say, like, hey, I've got an alliance going. Do you want to be our fifth? Things like, you know, just that type of thing where you're telling people where they stand in an alliance. Do you think, like the Alex and other things, do you think those are strategic moves, or do you think they're just not thinking? <laughs> you know? Well, I think the line between strategic move and not thinking can be very fine in, in instances like this, right? Like, okay. every move we've done, not playing an idol isn't a move. In fact, it's a lack of a move, right? But because it caused you to get voted out, it becomes a move. So, well, now, now I'm losing one of my top five, Jeff. This isn't good. Hmm. So I guess I'll eliminate number five. Um, but I'll put number four at number four. Zane asking to get voted out as his strategy to stay in the game. He's a king, me. <laughs> I think that's one of the dumbest strategies you can have is to ask your tribe to vote you out and thinking that's going to keep you to stay. So for me, that was a major strategic blunder. <laughs> there are yes. other people who asked to be voted out because they literally wanted to go from the game, but this one he did it as a strategy, which makes no sense at all. Yes. I did not have that on my list, but I'm happy that you did because I think that is a, a worthy moment... Yes. Okay, so I'm going to hedge my bets. I'm on number three right now, right? Yeah. I'm going to hedge my bets. I have three things left, but I think that I'm gonna just going to say my number two because I don't want to accidentally miss a number two or a number one because you were stupid and didn't say it. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to say the third most dumb move, dumbest move in the history of Survivor 
Is Eric giving up immunity in Survivor Micronesia? There's something dumber than that? I think there's at least one thing dumber than that. I have Possibly that as my number one. You really? Yeah, I think that that's oh. a completely dumb move. He gives I, up his immunity and immediately gets voted out. I For your immediacy, it's high, but I think for the potential gain, if the story that Natalie and the girls are telling him is true, then that becomes a, one of the smartest moves. If that would... if they. If there's honestly a respect to be gained from the jury, do you not think that that, like, if, if that if that story's true, giving up his immunity gives gets him respect from the jury, then he goes from a chance of winning to no chance, of, like, or from no chance at all to a chance of winning. I think if he would have made it to the finals, he would have had a very great chance of winning, regardless of whether he gave it up or not. I also I agree think with you. But I'm I saying, also think, who are the people in the game to tell the other guy what the jury's going to think and, you know, deliberate on? I don't disagree with you, but I'm saying that if what's going on in his brain is true, that doesn't become a dumb move. That's no longer a dumb move, right? And I think that's one of the criteria you have to consider is how true is what you think is going to happen, right? And if it does happen, is that a positive outcome for you? Well, this is interesting now because I have my three and my two. I also have my five, but I'm not going to do that one. So I'll put my three at number two then, hoping that my two is your number one. Um, so I'm going to have the uh, the male tribe on Survivor One World collectively deciding to give up immunity um, to the other tribe. Yes, I have that as my number nine that I skipped over earlier. Is that Solani? Is that the man's tribe or is that the girl's tribe? I think that was the girl's tribe. I think it's Monono. Monono, okay. Yeah, Monono made a no-no. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I think that my your number two is probably my number one. Let's hope so. And I have long said, I have long said that this is the dumbest move in Survivor. So this should not come as a shock to you, David. Um, again, we're going by the criteria, what is the potential benefit and the potential detriment, and what are the chances of each of those things happening? I think that if you have two big players in a game, and one of them has an idol, you should be more concerned about getting either of them out than you should about getting a specific one of them out. And that is why Tyson's uh, voting for himself in Survivor Heroes vs. Villains, I think, is the dumbest move in the history of the show. Because... If he goes along with the plan, then he gets rid of Russell, and that's still a big target. And then the Danielle Parvati alliance is still only two people. You can get rid of Parvati next time. The fact that he was so concerned about getting rid of Parvati over anyone else shows that he was thinking about the game in a very shallow way. The potential benefit was getting rid of Parvati over getting rid of Russell, which I don't see as that much of a benefit. And the potential detriment, obviously, being that... Um, he voted himself out. That he votes himself out and is recognized as the dumbest player in the history of the show by a podcast. Yeah, but what a turnaround. <laughs> and then he goes on to win Survivor Blood versus Water. All right. Um, so, yeah, I only had one. Was everything included that you had on your list then? Yes. 
So the only one I didn't have, I, at number five, I had Drew throwing the challenge single-handedly to then get voted out by his tribe. Considered putting putting that on there. I think uh, there was no real benefit for Drew to throw that challenge. <laughs> you know, even... Even if he wasn't the target, you know, you're still putting your tribe down a number when you don't have to, and I think that's always a dumb thing. <laughs> so did they true. ever? Did they ever even tell us what his purpose? Like, what did he think was so great about throwing the challenge, other than getting rid of Kelly? Did he have any reason beyond that? What happens when you have a tribe that has keeps winning is that they get antsy, and you start getting annoyed, and you're like, I want to start playing the game. I want to start making moves. Let's do this. He's like, I want to get the snakes out already. So his only motivation, <laughs> his only motivation was to start playing the game, essentially. I thought it was one of the funniest, funniest storylines of the episode. He kept saying, I want to get some of these snakes out. And he said that probably three or four times. And, and they never told us who these snakes were. And then there's this big moment where you know he's about to say, oh, he's about to tell him who he wants to get rid of. We're going to finally learn who these snakes are. And his answer is Kelly. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone watching the show was expecting Kelly to be like his big reveal of his target. Yeah. But if we're going off of your, you know, uh, determining factor, there's not a high reward for if this goes well. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree that there's not a high reward. Um, and it obviously was a huge detriment to Drew. <laughs> Kelly has seen every episode of Survivor, David. <laughs> she is the, the smartest player to ever play. <laughs> okay. Because we obviously know Drew has not seen every episode of Survivor. <laughs> Which I actually don't disagree with Drew on the fact that Kelly's a good player. I think she's playing a good yeah. under-the-radar game. But to be, act like you're making this big move and then have your big move be get rid of Kelly yeah. is a little ludicrous. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're watching the show like us and the editing has made her invisible, you know. Right. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so, unfortunately, it didn't make the list, um, yeah, I, yeah, the only one that, yeah, that I was, I didn't really have on my list was the whole honesty thing, because I just think people are naturally just too honest, but I didn't count that as a strategic move, but. You just think in life people are naturally too honest, David, you think people should lie a lot more? Um, no. <laughs> I will not endorse that. But, uh... <laughs> I think people have a hard time separating the game in real life, so then they treat the game like it's their real life, and they're just naturally honest and open with people, which could be a huge detriment in Survivor. That's fair. But I, I do not think that there should be more liars in life. <laughs> You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. David Johnson thinks people are too honest in the real world. I did not say that at all. All right. Anyways, uh, number. T uh, let's go through the list just to clarify. Number ten, talking or taking the wrong people to uh, the reward challenge. Number nine, Penner specifically, but in general, uh, turning down an alliance, telling them no. Uh, number eight, JT giving his idol to Russell. 
Number seven, Lex voting for Jerry slash Wu taking Tony to the end slash Brandon playing or er, giving up his immunity idol. Again, all these are so quasi-emotional ones, which are, uh, I don't know, a little less valid for me personally, which is why it's at seven. Number six, uh, what's number six? Oh, not playing your hidden immunity idol. Sorry. Number six is not playing your hidden immunity idol. Number five is specifically Alex, but not uh, being too honest in revealing people where their boot order is. Uh, number four, Zane asking to be voted out as his strategy. Number three, Eric playing, giving up his immunity idol to Natalie. Number two, Monono collectively deciding as a group to give up their immunity. We didn't talk much about that one, but to me... What is the potential gain there? And you have to look at the potential gain for each and every person. Because for one person, it's obviously no gain whatsoever. <laughs> right. Only loss. <laughs> so for me, I would be like, if every single other person is saying yes, that means it's me. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I would be like, no. <laughs> Uh, and then the number one, Tyson voting himself off by voting for Parvati instead of Russell. Good list. Good list. Good list. I'm happy. All right. Let's talk about the episode. Uh, I got a few topics here to talk about things that happened. Let's talk about the first, obviously, big one. I just have Drew. Let's talk about Drew. <laughs> I prefer to refer to him as Drewsh. Drewsh. A.K.A. the King uh, Pin, right? King Pin, yes. <laughs> the most strategic player to ever play Survivor, I think, would yeah. also be appropriate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was the he's a fantastic star of the episode. We just saw how completely delusional he was in the game, <laughs> thinking that he had this game in the bag and control. I mean. Let's start at the very beginning. Him asking to trade their flint back for <laughs> for the uh, fishing equipment. What were your thoughts on that, Jeff? You know, I don't. If if that was all that he did this episode, I could forgive him. <laughs> like I I understand that you know you're in a rough situation. You haven't been eating, and you're cold, and you're tired, and everything. I can forgive just that. Yeah. But uh, but I, I definitely can't forgive it in context of everything else. I just think that he doesn't... His philosophy was it doesn't hurt to ask, which I think it might. Because I think now Jeff Probst is going to start treating you like an idiot <laughs> at every tribal council, at every... everything. So, yeah. I mean... All of his tribe knew, and the audience knew, there was no chance that that Jeff was going to make a deal back with him. <laughs> no chance whatsoever, yeah. So, in that scenario, I would say, yeah, don't even ask. There isn't a benefit for that. But then he goes to XL Island with uh, Jackson, or Jacqueline, not Jackson, Jacqueline. What were your thoughts on uh, him on Exile? Oh, I think we all knew what was going to happen at Exile. He was going to hit on Jacqueline, and Jacqueline was going to be disgusted by him, which is, I'm pretty sure what actually happened. I don't know that they showed it as as much as it maybe actually happened, but, I mean, he got a chance to spend two days on a deserted island with a 
you know, Miss America contestant or Miss Michigan winner. So I guess I can't, I can't, can't be too mad at him for that one. Yeah. But no, it was just a fun scene with him and her. Uh, I have a question, not quite about Drew, but so they shared the clue to the hidden immunity idol. Yeah. Is the John Rocker one rehidden? Is it rehidden in the exact same spot as when he found it? Like, that's or what is I have. That, is that I have no idea. The clue completely useless. Clue to looks, yeah, the clue looked like it was a new clue, like with only two things on it. Right? Did it look like that to you? No, I didn't. I didn't look that closely though. So. It looked to me like the first clue where there were only two pictures and, you know, how the first one was, like, north and water or something like yeah. that. Right. And so it looked like that one as opposed to the last one, which had, like, six or eight pictures on it. And so I'm thinking maybe they rehid – well, no, they couldn't have rehid both of them unless Keith no. found it. Yeah. I guess if Keith found it while they were at Exile Island, they may not have rehidden it or planned on rehiding it until after – or maybe they just gave them the first clue again. I don't know to answer your question. Yeah, it's uh yeah we we don't have an answer, but it's interesting speculating. Um, so what were your thoughts on Drew's uh epiphany moment on Exile Island that he was going to throw? We talked about it a little bit. Throw the immunity challenge. All I could think was, oh, so Drew's going home tonight. That's fun. Yeah, <laughs> like. I love it when they give us an episode where they just for 40 minutes tell us who's going home and we just get to watch and laugh. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't get to watch the episode right when it aired, but I accidentally was saw a quasi-spoiler. I just saw, like, I didn't see who got voted out or something, but, like, a tagline for a recap was, well, that was a dumb move. <laughs> So I was like, well, we know something done. So as soon as he said, I'm going to throw the challenge, I'm like, there's our dumb move right there. <laughs> yeah. And did he tell? Did he end up telling anyone that he did that? No. I don't he, think he ever told anyone, yeah. Which which was so. smart. To give oh, him yeah. Time. Like, it would have been even worse if he told anyone, you know. <laughs> right. Because they even blamed it on Julie, like when they came back, and they're like, "Yeah, Julie was really awful at that challenge." And and I was watching with my wife, and she was commenting, and she was like, "Is Drew the only one throwing?" And I'm like, "No, they're editing it because no one wants to watch ten minutes of ring toss, you know." Right. So they're showing it to show Drew throwing it, and they're not showing the Julie throws because obviously they're probably right. alternating. But um, well, no, Julie. I think Julie was in the water retrieving the rings, wasn't she? No, she was one. She was with Drew. They were the two throwers. Oh, uh, okay. Did you think? It, did you like the random, arbitrary rule that they had to use the same ring until they got it on? Um, that just seems so arbitrary, and like, like all it does is prolong the the pain. It makes it a more difficult challenge for them. That's watching it. It does absolutely nothing, you know. So viewing wise, but for them, they're like, well, if we're only retrieving and throwing ring toss, we have to make it a little longer. Like every challenge, in some sense, is a sense is a little bit of endurance because you have to go through the whole thing. So I think that's what they're asking. Right. Okay, that makes sense, I guess. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was a big fan of Drew. I <laughs> just this illusion thinking he was the kingpin and in charge, and he was like, and I thought John had a really valid strategy. Um, of why to give Julia? Yeah. Yeah, that was totally smart. Now John, I, that then John's pitch becomes. I'll grab Jacqueline, you grab Alec, you grab your loved one, you know, yeah. and we'll all just have a loved one's alliance. Obviously, that wasn't a good strategy for, like, Jeremy, which is why, you know, maybe he wasn't on board with that. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, but Drew is just like, no, that's such a dumb move. We get rid of Kelly. <laughs> and, like, he was so concerned about the women ganging up on it. What does it matter if it's Kelly first or Julie? You know, you're getting rid of the numbers, so I... Because Julie hasn't seen every single episode of Survivor. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Kelly has. Every episode, David. I don't think you understand what kind of weight that has. <laughs> you and I would be... You and I, I think if, if you and I went on Survivor, they'd just hand us the million dollars. They wouldn't even make us play. I, I think we'd be voted out first, Jeff. I think that's what we... <laughs> if we were playing with Drew, we would. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, a great episode to see sort of Drew's downfall from the beginning to the very end. <laughs> uh, let's talk another about interesting scene. The only really scene we had of Cleopa, this whole thing between Alec and Baylor. What was your thought on that? I thought that was the weirdest scene. I had, I saw no, I mean, unless something is going to happen between the two of them, which I think it has to, I, I didn't feel like it was a necessary scene, and I just was... I, I thought it was very odd. Yeah, the only thing I could think of is this is a Drew-centric episode, so let's show what his brother's doing on the other tribe. You right, know, and that's that the, only... the only thing. Is, let's try to have some cohesion, see the brothers, you know, their different strategies. But Which yeah, I guess not... would be consistent with what they've done so far, because, like, when John Rocker got voted out, they showed Julie. They showed a little bit of Natalie when Nadia got voted out. So I guess that would make... that would. We, you, there's historical precedent for that, you know? Yeah. So, and they showed Jeremy with John Rocker having the deal and everything when Val got out. Right. So, um, so part of it's that. The other thing is I think they really wanted to get in that confessional where Alex said that his brother does nothing. <laughs> you know, like, he coasts by and doesn't do anything in life, you know? So I think they're like, well, let's just get this storyline, show that Alec contrast him with his brother. He's so hardworking that he's demeaning to other people on the tribe. <laughs> I mean, Baylor was playing it smart, not like making a big scene or confrontation from it, but I can't say that's the best social move for Alec there. Right. I'm going to treat Baylor like my dad treated me. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Hopefully Hopefully she'll learn like, and grow a worth ethic from this experience. <laughs> right. It just felt like there was no precedent for it. Like, we'd never seen Baylor and Alec interact before. We'd never seen Baylor be, like, super lazy or not clean the pot or whatever. I just, there was just no, I just felt like there wasn't a reason for it, personally. But that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy watching it. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about this crazy vote. So we had four different people get votes, and then I'm watching who voted for who, and I'm like, 
what just happened here? So let's talk about, let's try to explain what happened. So we have John voted for Keith. We had Reed and Keith voting for Julie. We had okay. Drew, Drew voting for Kelly, obviously, and everyone else voted for um, Drew. So my question is, how did it end up that John voted for Keith? I'm thinking that they all sat together. I think John summarized it really well at Tribal Council. <laughs> everyone had a different target, and everyone voted for each other's target, thinking that that was the plan they were going with. It's <laughs> so, like Jeremy was the one targeting Keith, but yeah. Jeremy realized that that probably wasn't going to happen, so he didn't vote for Keith, but John voted for Keith because he thought they were going with Jeremy's plan. It, w it was weird because we've never had an episode where there are this many people who get votes, and we have a solid, lucid explanation for why each person is a target, but they're getting votes from people, and we have no explanation why that specific person voted for that. Yeah. Like, it's never really happened before. Yeah. And it just shows how much Keith and Reed are out of the loop. I thought Reed would be a little more in with it, but... It's hard to be in the loop when there's five loops also, you know? Right. He's in three of the five loops. You know? Like, it seems like everyone is friendly enough with each other, and it seems like everyone has alliances with everyone, except for Drew and Kelly. But <laughs> See, I think Kelly's in the women's alliance. Yeah, but I said Drew and Kelly. They did not have an alliance. Yeah, Kelly's in... I thought Kelly was in the Women's Alliance. Yeah, Drew is not in the Women's Alliance. Right, you said Drew and Kelly. Yeah, they do not have an alliance together. Oh, I see. I thought you meant they weren't in any alliances. I was like, yeah, um... Yeah. I don't know what show you're watching, David, but... Yeah. I think everyone's in alliance with everyone, except gotcha. for Drew and Kelly were not in an alliance together. Like, gotcha, cause I, gotcha. They all somewhat get along. And Drew even, he had an alliance with Jeremy and with John. And everyone thinks that they have some power or control in the game. So, you know, in the first three episodes, it made it clearly look like Jeremy was in control. And this episode, I thought, just blew it all to pieces. And, like, everyone thinks they're in control. And we just have so much mush here that no one really so knows. So many alpha players. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. it Missy that said, you know, we have so many... Uh, lead dogs or something like that, but not chiefs, but not enough yeah. Indians or something. Yeah, which is why I think this season's probably going to end with someone like Missy winning, someone who, you know, wasn't in that power position, wasn't the one making decisions, but was willing to be that extra vote for all the different people who were making decisions. I think or, Missy has a really good shot of winning. Or I think this clearly shows a Josh potential winning that the uh, this Hunapu tribe is just going to self-destruct, yep. and Josh can get if he can keep his alliance together, we'll make it to the end. Yeah, Josh is actually my other pick too. I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. But um, so yeah, craziest. Let's talk about this Keith Jeremy thing. What was what was your thoughts on this? I don't know. See, I go back and forth here because I think Keith was probably a little too quick to, to just throw it back at Jeremy. I do agree with Jeremy that they could have had an alliance together. I do think Jeremy was a little bit too open about what he would have been willing to do with Keith had Jeremy had the idol. He was a little bit like, dude, we could have been best friends and ran this game together and kicked everyone else out and told them to go F themselves. And, but, and everyone else is sitting there like, 
Uh, we're right here, bro. Um, but no, see, I, think, I think he did that very intentionally. I think he's so in, especially with the women. I think they're so they're so in that he really rallied everyone against Keith. And I think that he could say, like, you know, we had this firefighter bond. You know, he was with my wife. I thought we could, you know, do it really well. But that blew all the water. I'm glad I have you guys. You know, you guys are That's my fair. ultimate one. So I think, I think he intentionally did that to publicly isolate Keith. That's fair. That's fair. I was thinking of it more as like a, I am, I am loyal to one person and one person only. Uh, I, this is how I want to play the game. I want to get my one guy and go far, you know. And so, yeah. kind of telling everyone, if you're not that one guy, then yeah. you're in trouble, type of thing. But I could see, I could see your interpretation as well. Um, but then when Keith finds the idol, I don't know. <laughs> part, part of me honestly says he should play it at tribal council and tell it, apologize to Keith, to Jeremy, and say now that now I don't have the idol. Jeremy obviously doesn't have it. Jeremy, I apologize. Blah, 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 blah. Part of me says that that would be the right move. Obviously, that's a little bit short-term, I think. Yeah. If you, can, if you can let all of this blow over with Jeremy, maybe you have a chance of making it a little bit further in the game with an idol in your pocket. Um, but it really depends on how much he knows in, on what's going on type of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or... Afterwards, um, no, never mind. I, I think at this point, I said, or he could try to reconnect with Jeremy and tell him he has the idol and say, "I'll use it on you," or you know, or something like that. But I think yeah. that would still backfire, and then he would tell everyone Keith actually has the idol. And so, never mind. The thing is, I don't think anyone would believe Keith. See, and this is why I go back and forth. I don't know that anyone would believe Keith if Keith said, "Oh, I looked for it, didn't find it, assumed Jeremy had it." went back to look for it, even after I told you that Jeremy had it, because I was so convinced, and found it. My, they, everyone would think that Keith found it and decided to say Jeremy had it. Yeah. You know? Yep, I agree. Um, one positive thing from Drew throwing the challenge is that Dale is still in the game, which is exciting. I do love my Dale. Um... And I like that he's self-aware enough to realize I was too comfortable in this five-guy lines, so I was slacking yeah. on my social game. So I need to start actually building those social bonds with people again. I thought that was very smart. Yeah, absolutely. He, he seems like he's a very self-aware player. Yeah. Um, a few more topics. Let's talk about the most boring duel yet. <laughs> this Jacqueline... Uh, it seemed almost at this episode they were just like, all right, let's get through with this and get to the Drew stuff. <laughs> you know, like... Right. Like, there was hardly any emotion in this at all. It's, we're just getting less and less emotion. I think, yeah. I think I can officially say that I like Redemption Island with the Blood vs. Water better than I do XL Island. Even though I hate... Yeah. I would agree. I thought it was gonna... coming back into the game. I... It brought so much emotion and intensity and layers of strategy and everything with the Redemption Island that Exxon does not bring any of that, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, and they try, kept, they keep trying to manufacture drama, 
But at this point, I think the people who, and I may have said this on the podcast last week, but it's an important point, so I'm going to say it again. The people who came on Blood vs. Water this season came knowing that they would have to betray potentially their loved ones and fight their loved ones and play against their loved ones, and they're all okay with that. Yep. It seemed like last season there was this kind of veil of, well, we'll see which couples get to the merge, and then those couples will work together against the individuals, and we'll see what happens. Like, that seemed to be the theme of the season. And no one was, you know, Sierra betraying her mom was, like, this huge thing, right, this huge emotional moment. And everyone was so worried about their loved one. And now it's like, oh, my wife got voted out? Darn. We'll see her when she's done. Yeah. So I think the people who came to play it this time just came to play a completely different game. But... But yeah, so the challenges themselves aren't that exciting, you know. Like, ooh, grappling hooks and uh, and and uh, what is that called? The stomping catapult. Um, I was like, okay, whatever. So the the challenges themselves aren't that redemption, and there's nothing really riding on it. Nothing that intense. Whereas the other challenges, right. yeah, they were dinky the last season, but at least you, you what was riding out was your time still in the game or you're leaving. Right. And that's what you can have dinky challenges when they have high stakes. But yeah, John versus Jacqueline goes back and forth. Oh, Jacqueline got it in or John got it in and won. Yeah, it's t- it's hard, but she's tough. It'll be fine. Hero, take Drew with you. <laughs> right. So and I love how he just passed. he's like, I don't want to hang out with Drew for the next two days. Jacqueline, why don't you hang out with Drew for the next two days? That well, sounds like a great choice for me. Anyone else, I would have said that that was the motivation why you picked Drew. But with John, it genuinely, like, I think he genuinely liked Drew and had this yeah. alliance with him. So he was like, I know it's like choosing your ally to protect your loved one sort of a thing. Right. But I'm sure it also was like, well, we don't need him around camp, <laughs> you know, like work-wise. <laughs> right. We'll we'll get stuff done. With it. We'll find a way to get stuff done without him. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about one more thing. Next episode, they're teasing a tribe swap. Uh, first, let's say, are you in favor of this tribe swap? Um, see, I, I, I am usually in favor of tribe swaps. My fear, though, is that with family, right, so the reason why I'm usually in favor of tribe swaps is that it creates connections with the other tribe. But now you have family connections, exile island connections, family connections by proxy, meaning I'm friends with Jeremy and thus I'm going to be friends with Val. And add in the layer of original tribe and new tribe connections. I'm afraid it might be difficult to follow. It may be a little difficult to follow, and I just think... I almost wish it was one or two more tribal councils down the line. Like, they... they did yeah, but they're probably going to 12. They did a tribe swap at 14 the last... I think someone said every season since... Blood versus water, or since uh, One World, they've had a tribe swap at 14. But for like the other Blood versus Water, there was 20 people. So you had two extra tribal councils and two extra times before you actually swapped the tribe. With only 18, we've only had four people voted out. And I think 
oh, Hunapa was just starting to get interesting. They were just starting to see where everyone's lying and where the power is. And now we're breaking up too soon while they're still in chaos. And I think it would have been interesting to maybe go like one more episode and see see what happens and then switch it up. I guess I can see that. The only thing is, I think I'm. I mean, I'm pretty sure legally they have to decide when the tribe swap is before well, yeah. the season starts. So yeah, no, I, yeah, I definitely yeah. agree with you. Yeah, I was just thinking with 18, maybe you could have done it at 13 or at you know 12. Yeah. Which I think they are probably going to merge at 12. That's I mean, 11 and 12 seems to be kind of the uh, currently. Yeah. Because was Kagayan at 10 or 12? I think it was 12. Most 20 seasons, they do 12. Most 18 seasons, they do 11. That's what I found. Oh, no, last one was 11, wasn't it? And Redemption Island ones, they do 11. Kagayan was 11, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah. There wasn't a tie at the merge. It was no, yeah. There was an odd number. Yeah, they probably started doing merges at eleven after South Pacific, and they're like, let's not even have this merge at a tie thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, the merge at a tie, at least in a crappy season like South Pacific, you at least had one episode where you knew it was going to be, yeah, exciting. Yeah. Well, they should have switched up the tribes in South Pacific along, you know, earlier than that. But I digress. Um, <laughs> now we're we're going too far, David. Too far. Who do you think the tribe swap benefits the most, and who do you think the tribe swap benefits the least? I'd say the tribe swap benefits Dale the most. I think that if he can get with Kelly and the girls on Hunaku, he could go pretty far. Um, I'd I say even even if. He's not with the girls or Kelly. I think his own tribe is going to be like, we need you now. We're we're a tribe. We're a unit. Yeah. And so I think he's well, it, good. It depends way. on how they do the tribe swap. Are they going to do it where there's going to be the same number of Koyopa and Hunapu on each tribe? So it's going to be three Koyopa and four Hunapu on each tribe, or is it going to be, yeah, you know, just rant completely random where it could be five and one on one tribe or, or whatever, you know. Were they going to keep the same numbers and have it six and uh, eight instead yeah. of seven, seven? Yeah. So, but I think Bill benefits Bill, and uh, I'd say it probably hurts. I'd say it probably hurts the women on Hunapu the most. Maybe, maybe Josh just because he has so much power right now. I think it hurts Jeremy, too. Yeah, but is Jeremy in power? We, uh, no idea. Right, that's the problem. Is Jeremy sort of leading the women, or are the women just... Is he just recognizing, I better follow these people? <laughs> you know, that's a good question. Any other thoughts or moments from this past episode that you want to discuss? I just hate when people talk about people in front of them and they're like, oh, I don't care. She's going home. She doesn't have an idol. Yeah. Uh, that was, yeah. Especially when you're, like, calling her obscenities. <laughs> right. Kelly seems like a perfectly nice person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, karma's uh, what uh, Drew said. <laughs> 
Karma is what Drew called Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he got uh, what was coming for him. But all right, all in all, good episode. I'll be excited to see where it continues on. Uh, before we sign off, we are going to be doing a game. We're going to have a Survivor Tribe draft. We're going to do a season of Survivor. Jeff and I will each have a uh, tribe, and we'll be drafting people uh, to be on our tribe. But we're drafting the 16 contestants from the previous season of Big Brother, Big Brother 16. Um, so one person will start. They'll get picked number one. Then the next person will get picks number two and three. Then the next person four and five, and so on and so forth, till all 16 contestants are put on tribes. Now, we do have to go four men and four women. But you do not have any specific order that you have to do it. So you could say, I want to get all four of my men first, or you may say, I want to get you know one woman and then one man and then so on and so forth. But whatever you think to come up with your winning tribe of the Survivor Big Brother. There's one other thing I want to say. In this hypothetical scenario, um, we are saying that this is after Big Brother has taken place and they're telling them, all right, we want all 16 of you to now play Survivor together. So we have... So the context all, exists. Yes. So we have all the history of Big Brother that is now going to be taking place into um, Survivor. I'm trying to pick the tribe that I think has the best shot of winning and, yeah. and doing well in the game. Okay. So... I will let you have the choice. Do you want the, the first pick or the second and third pick? I will give you the first pick. All right. So I get a tribe of eight. Uh, my first one, I'm going to pick someone who I think has a, ha, would have a really good shot at winning Survivor. I think they do pretty well at it. And I'm actually, this may be a little controversial, I don't know, I'm going to go with Hayden as my pick number one. That's not a bad pick number one. Um, I'm going to go with somebody who I think... Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with someone also who I think is athletic, would do well in the game of Survivor. Uh, someone who I don't think burned too many bridges, was kind of seen as a buffoon on BB-16, so maybe he won't. people won't target him as early. You're taking my pick, Caleb. Jeff. I'm picking Caleb. Uh, he, he was right up there with me with Hayden. They were one and two for the men. Yeah. So. Um, and then my number two, or my second pick, which is actually pick number three. Um, I think that I am going to pick... Another person kind of like Caleb. I'll take Caleb and Cody together. Cody was my number three. Come on, Jeff. <laughs> you got your number one. All right. Since we're doing the guys, I want to make sure I get my number four. Uh, since my tribe, the ones that I wanted was Caleb, Cody, Hayden, and this person. Uh, I'm thinking this person is... Likeable, would probably do fairly well in the outdoors, and uh, I don't think people would see that much of a threat. I'm going to go with Donnie. Not a bad pick, not a bad pick. So now my number five pick, number three for my tribe. I'll switch gears, go to a, a female, and I'm going to go with someone 
who I think is a very capable female. I think she'd do very good on Survivor, and I'm going to pick Amber. I agree with you. Plus, I'm happy that Amber and Caleb aren't on the same tribe. I think that would be a little weird. I was going to put them on the same tribe if I <laughs> if I had my ultimate pick, but <laughs> I was yeah. like, we'll get a nomance here. We'll see this creepy stalker thing, you know, with sleep deprivation and no food. <laughs> but... Um, my next pick, I'm going to pick someone who I think doesn't have a chance at winning, but who I think will be used as a strategic resource, and I think people will go to him to, uh, to ask questions, and, and I, but I don't think he can win. I'm going to pick Derek. All right, I had him at my number six guy, so. Yeah, obviously the winner stigma and the kind of underhandedness of his game would yeah. would mean that he probably won't win again, but I do think that he, he proved he, he was loyal to the, to the people who he made real alliances with, and he obviously played a great strategic game. Well, so. you're putting him with Caleb and Cody, too, both of which you right. know, he has a good relationship with. Right. You have the next pick. Oh, well. I get another pick too now, don't I? See, the thing is, if I could, I could pick a guy, which would force you, which would basically be picking your other two guys for you. It would be yes. Which, but I'm then thinking. I get my first pick again for a girl. You get your first pick again for a girl. What do you mean? Well, I'm getting my top two choices of females as well. Because I, I have my top pick of Amber. I'll get another. That's true. But this person I was considering picking anyway. Oh, I can't decide. Okay. I'm going to pick a guy and relegate you to, to two others. I'm going to pick Zach. Um, I need a little Don't fun on my tribe. <laughs> you get Devin and Frankie, okay? You should be happy about that. that um, yeah, I, I pick Zach. <laughs> Devin um, and Frankie were I mean, number seven and eight. Frankie was at the bottom of my list. That was the one I didn't want. There's no way he would want to go on Survivor in the first place. You know, like he's too much of a, <laughs> you know. He originally auditioned for Survivor. Did he really? Yeah, his audition tape was for Survivor, not for Big Brother. Huh. I don't know. I just yeah. can't see him doing well under the stress and the elements of the game. Oh, I completely agree with you, and that's why my tribe is going to kick your tribe's butt. I don't know. Devin's pretty strong, though. He'd be uh, good in the challenges. Yeah, but that's a whole lot of crazy on one tribe. The crazy is only Devin. <laughs> Frankie. I would argue Frankie. And Hayden's pretty crazy, too. Actually, I get my next two choices of, of women. Yeah. So my next one, I'm going to choose someone who I think maybe is not beloved by America, but I think she would do well on Survivor physically. I think she understands strategic gameplay. So I'm going to go with Christine. Oh, you're, just, you're just giving me exactly what I want here. I love it, David. Alright, and next I'm going to choose the one that is beloved by America, and we got to have the nice person that can go far, so we'll go with Nicole. 
Okay, so you have one person left on your team that you can pick. Correct. I have you, four. You get, but I get I pick two and then you'll take one. Yeah. And then I'll just get whoever you leave. Yep. I can tell you who I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. So let's see. I could pick You pick Christine and Nicole, right? Yep. Jerk. It, I know, man, I'm looking at the four girls that... Or there's five girls left. There should be, right? Okay, yeah, there we go. Um, I'll pick Paola and Joey. I think that they would probably be better at Survivor than they would at Big Brother. I think they haven't burned any bridges, so there's no fear of them, like, you know, coming in and everyone's just going to be like, get them out, right? Um, and I, I just feel like they both do really well on island. Well, you gave me my number four pick for my women, so that's good. And the last one is uh, Brittany. I'm going to choose Brittany. I think she was she proved to be very tough. I think she could withstand the ele- uh, the uh, the elements. And I think she was actually pretty bright. Um, I, I was listening to an interview with Eric, and he even said probably the hardest person for him to read was actually Brittany. Um, hmm. Everyone else, he said it was pretty easy to read and figure out where their head was. So, Interesting. I, I have not heard that. I think she would be good. I think she's athletic, tough enough, and I definitely don't want the other two. So, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you dissing on the last two members of my tribe? Yeah. <laughs> well, I will, ta- I will happily, happily take Jocasta and Victoria. Um, the great thing is with Jocasta, she'll make the Bob Crowley style buff, <laughs> and so that's always a benefit. You gotta have some glam on your team, and with Victoria, um, you know every tribe needs a first boot. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so uh, let's run down our tribes. Um, Mine is Hayden, Donnie, Amber, Devin, Frankie, Christine, Nicole, and Brittany. I like this tribe. I think I think you have a lot of strong people, um, some smart people in here too. I mean, as much as I was dissing Frankie, I think he's a beast at challenges, so I think that could be a benefit. So I, I think my tribe is very strong challenge-wise, and you got some strategic people in there as well who could... Uh, we can make it fair in the game. I gotta be honest, David. I think once my uh, my tribe is Caleb, Cody, Derek, Zach, Paula, Joey, Jocasta, and Victoria. I think once we get rid of just a little bit of dead weight, maybe we'll lose the first immunity challenge or two. I think once we get down to five or six people, we're gonna be unstoppable in immunity challenges. Hmm. All right, you have Victoria, who's awful at challenges. Paula, she's who's first awful. gone. Paula's second gone. Okay. And then maybe Jocasta maybe, and that leaves me with that leaves me with Caleb and Cody who are awesome at challenges, Derek who's pretty good at challenges, and Zach who's not bad at challenges, and Joey who we didn't really get to see in challenges. Yeah, but I could also say I have Frankie who's awesome at challenges, Hayden who's good at challenges, I have Nicole who's really smart, I have Donnie who was a beast in challenges. 
I have Devin, who's physically strong and was good in challenges for the short time he was there. Amber was probably the strongest female in the game. See, I think, though, Caleb and Cody's beast mode-ness would <laughs> translate well on the island, whereas I think a little some of your people maybe need that food and that energy a little bit more than Caleb and Cody would. Well, I guess we'll uh, have to find out sometime. We'll have to, yeah. we'll have to make this uh, seasonal reality. They'll, they can take our tribes and, and run with it. I'm going to call Les Moonves on the phone after this, and we'll talk there to you. Awesome. <laughs> but there are our tribes. Uh, if you have a strong opinion of who did better in the draft, if you like uh, my tribe or Jeff's tribe, you should leave us a comment. Let us know on our Facebook page, David and Jeff Survivor Podcast, or you can comment on our website, survivorpodcast.blogspot.com. Yes, and make sure that when you are downloading the podcast on iTunes, you just hit hit that subscribe button, and the podcast shows up on your computer every week without you doing anything. It's quite amazing technology, Jeff. It is, really. Um, we're still hoping to have some guests on in the future. Things just haven't been able to work out these past couple weeks, but uh, stay tuned for that as well. But we really enjoy just talking about Survivor and having fun with these different lists and games. Um, and so we hope you stay tuned as we continue to talk about Survivor San Juan de los Sur, Blood vs. Water. Yes, I'm very excited. Awesome. So thank you guys so much for watching and or listening. Goodbye. Bye.